Hello listeners, episode 250 of Retro Encounter is on the horizon, and we are doing a mailbag episode. Please send emails to the address retro at rpgfan.com, and on episode 250 we will read aloud and respond to as many emails as we can. The questions can be whatever you like, but we especially want recommendations for games to play on the podcast, because we will be choosing one game suggestion from episode 250 for a Retro Encounter episode later this year. Now here is the latest episode of Retro Encounter. Hello and welcome to episode 245 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and we are a duo here today, but even though it's just the two of us, we can make it if we try Greg Delmage. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we will make it, because we will try. Uh, Greg, I'm just going to get right to the point. Uh, about a year ago, we did two episodes on Trials of Mana, the Super Famicom uh, RPG known as Saiken Densetsu 3 uh, el- <laughs> in, in Japan and nowhere else for many, many years, but it, it received an official port uh, in 2019, after being available in a bootleg, unofficial translation uh, via, you know, scandalous means for about 15 years before that. But at the same time that the 2019 port got announced, a 2020 remake was announced, and that remake came out in April of this year. Uh, yeah, which was, I mean, both of those things were such a huge surprise, as we've talked about your reaction, of course, to even just the collection of mana announcement, let alone. Yeah, them dogpiling on this really polished-looking trailer that made us all go, that doesn't look like that crappy Secret of Mana remake. Like, this looks very promising, and yeah, we're all very worried about the rug being pulled out from under us, but uh, yeah, it it was looking really sharp. Yeah, um, Mana had a run of unfortunate remakes for a while. There was uh, Adventure of Mana, the remake of the first game, which was on Vita and mobile and, and didn't look great. And then, uh, yeah, and then the Secret of Mana remake, which was a pretty big disappointment. I think that came out either last year or two years ago. But um, its review seems was... like a similar engine to that other one too, actually. Yeah, its review was so negative that I uh, sort of disappointingly uh, avoided it. Like I was slightly excited for it, but then it was uh... same, yeah. Yeah, but then the, then the re- the reaction was such that I felt okay missing out on it. But then, uh, yeah, that we got that announcement of. Um, of the Mana Collection coming westward and the remake coming in 2020, and I told you that my reaction with other RPG fan people at a hotel room uh, just before E3 was confused laughter. And, uh, and and this remake is for the 25th anniversary, and your review, because uh, you did review it for the website in late April, was quite positive. Uh, it, was yeah. in, it was in a mid or high 80s, right? Yeah, 88 overall, just shy of, just shy of the coveted 90. And so, Greg, it, it can be in the context of your, your review or outside of it. What was your individual experience playing this? Like, as you played it for review, what was your impression of the Trials of Mana remake? And um, sort of what happened in your playthrough? And I should mention, this episode is Trials of Mana Revisited. We are talking about Trials of Mana, again, uh, mostly this 2020 remake in the context of having played the original one year ago. <laughs> so, Greg, yeah, pop off. Yeah, uh, well, I mean... Yeah, getting straight to the point, I did give it RPG fan editor's choice, regardless of you know how people may or may not interpret my score as not being like, ah, how'd you do that? And it's not over ninety, but just it's a good game. Like I just, 
I was very fortunate that uh, I got to be able to review it because just like you, I have a soft spot in my heart for this game. Yeah, my biggest thing I was looking for is to see if Square Enix had learned from their mistakes with the remake of Secret of Mana, as you mentioned, how unsuccessful that and the um, Final Fantasy Adventure remake were. And even so much as going back to the PS2 version of, um, what was that one called now? Dawn, Dawn of, of Mana? Mana. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just their their 3D attempts haven't been great. So I definitely was uh, hesitant, despite how polished this was looking. Um, and it's funny, too, actually, back when we watched the trailer for the original one at E3, Gwen... Uh, I think she had seen some playthrough stuff of the Secret of Mana remake, and she was always just like, eh, what the heck's with this game? Because it's one of the first RPGs she actually ever beat. I think her and her dad beat it together. So she's very familiar with Secret of Mana, and she's just like, they, their mouths don't move when they talk. So at least in this Trials of Mana one, their mouths move when they talk. So already, this was a win with her. Um, and it was the same with me. So going in, like it just brought that same sense of joy and wonder. Like They captured everything I wanted to see in Dawn of Mana, like of seeing the world of Mana brought to life in 3D, being able to check out those lovely, colorful, sprawling vistas. And yeah, maybe graphically this game isn't the powerhouse it could be, um, especially when you put it up to like the release of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was just like, what, two weeks before this game came out? Yeah, I think it was intended It was intended to come out uh, a month before, but it got delayed. So the, April was a very heavy year for Square Enix remakes. A very heavy month for Square Enix remakes. Mm-hmm. And so this game, definitely, if you were to compare the two, doesn't look as um, powerful visually, I guess, in some ways. But I find it, it still captured the the style of that game like it wouldn't obviously have translated well to being super realistic like midgar looks and remake kind of thing so i think that was to its credit but um yeah like it was nice seeing the story elevated by just these fully animated performances and such which were very middling the biggest thing i took away from it i guess is that it was everything i wanted from a ps2 uh mana game because it felt very much like a ps2 game both in how it was acted how the voice acting worked um, the sprite design and everything like it was obviously a bit more HD and polished. So this just felt like the game I never got on the PS2 now with an HD remaster, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. And um, just as a technical detail, calling these sprites is a bit of a disservice. These are right, yeah. a, a, everything the in this game. Yeah. Everything in this game is a fully realized 3d model. And, yeah, right. um, and, and like you said, it has a lot of the, of the soft lines and bright colors of, uh, of, this, of the mana aesthetic, and I think it's a very successful recreation of the mana mm-hmm. aesthetic. And, 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 I mean, Trials of Mana slash Psychic Nintendo 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. I've been, if anything, a, a very vocal proponent over it, of it in, on social media and in podcasts for, for several years. I first played the bootlegged English version in the early 2000s, like, I don't know, probably, if I had to attach a year to it, it's probably 01 or 02 range. It, when this came out, I was just hoping that it... I, I wasn't expecting it to be better than the original version. I just wanted it to be good, like, like, like good enough, and... Yeah, it, it, and and um, I think that it was more than good enough. Uh, this I uh, agree with that. Yeah, it, it's a very beautiful, very cool remake that changes a lot of fundamental gameplay things about uh, about Trials of Mana, which was fine, but it does so in a in a mostly interesting, mostly successful way. Uh, I was I, I when I saw you were I didn't play it right when it came out because I was embroiled in the Final Fantasy VII remake and then immediately had jumped to an, a different game for the podcast. I, I think it was it was Mother Three at the time. And it's expensive so, to have all that at once too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, uh, so I, I did buy it right when it came out, but it, it sat on my shelf for about a month, and I finally got around to it in 
uh, and played it sort of, uh, uh, I guess, over most of June. And just had a total blast with it. And uh, I, I don't... <laughs> I, I mentioned this to you, but I uh, I played through it three times and got the platinum trophy uh, less than twenty four hours yeah. ago. Congrats! <laughs> I, I don't I don't do a lot of platinum trophy hunting. I, I actually counted um, how many I had uh, the, uh, earlier today. I have eleven. And this, and what was the last one you got before this? Last one I got before this was in twenty nineteen. I got uh, the time spinner platinum. I got I got a couple in a row in early twenty nineteen, and then. Uh, and I basically I just wanted I wanted to communicate I'm not really a platinum hunter, but because I love Second Insetsu three and because this platinum was pretty gettable, I just beat it three times in a row and got the platinum. Yeah, just it it's um like you said, it's just so fun. That was my biggest thing from it. Like I uh it's like the whole yeah, I have to get critical because I'm reviewing it, so I had to find and nitpick little things, but really like I just had to. Like there the really there was nothing I have nothing wrong really to say about this game. Like, yeah, some of the voice acting in English is kind of, eh. yeah, I really wish someone had taken a long, hard look at Charlotte's dialogue in the trans in this <laughs> version. Really, really did. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. And like, you know, um, the, the mechanic of like targeting isn't the best implementation, but combat is still super fun. Just everything in this game was just pure joy. I was just immediately transported back to even just playing the first one, just, having just a fun summer night playing this game, not really caring, feeling the joy of like, I get a new class. This is so exciting. Oh my gosh, look how they changed. I get new stuff to play with. Cause it's always that thing where you're like, I'll just play for a few bit or I'll just get the class and I'll turn it off. You can't do that. You want to try out the new toys. Come on. Mm. Yeah. Um, when I uh, played this game for the first time and, and part of my experience in playing trials of mana off and on, uh, f- for, I don't know, uh, six, 17 years or however long, uh, was the class exploration. I was on the GameFAQs forums in the early 2000s, like, arguing what the best Angela class was. I read a lot of guides and wrote uh, one of my own about the Trials of Mana classes, so part of my experience playing Second and Setsu 3 over the years has been class tinkering and team building and messing around. So when I played this game three times, I deliberately made, like, went in with specific ideas of what classes to put people in, and it was it was like experiencing it for the first time because like I I had an idea of what they were of what these were like in the in the original Super Famicom version, and how they changed a little bit. My my uh, the character tier list is different from 1995 to two, to 2020. Yeah, uh, this, it will not surprise you, but uh, uh, and we can talk about character differences a little bit. But I want to know um, what uh, for your first run, what um, who which three did you roll with? Yeah, I went with, um, I actually did that whole test that went out a little bit before when they were trying to build hype of seeing like, which character are you? Uh, <laughs> I got, sure. I got Duran, so I was basic bitch, but it was, uh, so I had to put Duran in my party. I didn't make him my lead though, because I was, I still wanted Duran in there regardless. Cause I wanted to see if, how he played now that he was fixed since, uh, shields did not work for him in the original, right? Um, Yes, the uh, the hit, evade, and critical stats are bugged in the original. So um, Duran's shields didn't really work. The agility stat didn't really work, except for calculating damage for Hawk's moves. And the luck status, uh, the luck stat didn't work for evasion and critical hits, but did Just work. For chests. For, yeah, but did work for things like treasure chests and I th- and I think item seeds. Drops. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the. Uh, so they they got around that by changing a little bit of the stat system. You're not really married to your uh, stat wheel anymore. Like it used to be that your uh, what stat you gained every level 
would affect your entire character stat, and if you and if your entire character, like adding one to your strength, just increase all your damage. Uh, and adding one to your spirit increased your MP and let you learn spirit spells. But and if you uh, class changed too late, then you could even get a stat penalty, which was bad. But uh, in this, they have none of that. Uh, you, you, when you invest in stats, it's only related to character skills and doesn't affect your core stats unless unless a character skill gives you a stat bonus. Yeah, you get like the skills that unlock yeah plus five to strength or whatever. But and I thought that was a nice way of of changing up that system. It was a really nice way to feel you had better control. Like like you said, like you go so long trying to figure out what's the better party makeup and everything like that, playing around with all the different classes. And now, even within those classes, you can really change the shape of each of those characters. Like, do you want your character to be really good at racking up the CS gauge so it can just pound out its special attacks? Or do you want it to focus on being a really good healer or whatever, right? With all these interesting abilities and the um, the like the chain abilities that you can trade amongst everybody else as well. And, and also, there's a way to reset your class and reset and reroll yeah. your stats. So, the, so there, um, the customization is uh, more freewheeling than ever. And uh, when you cl- change classes, you, the, your core stats are different. You get a you get a lo- what's called a locked ability, which is some ability that's always active that you don't need to put po- points in to get. And it's you just get a cool passive ability. Yeah, and and. Uh, you have a different array of investable abilities on the in the wheel, and this is so much different from uh, old SD three. Old SD three, every character learned um, between one and eight spells, and uh, they learned a new class skill every class change. And uh, but otherwise, you had the same combos and same everything the whole game. In, in this. And weren't the skills bound to um, like the spells were bound to stats, right? Like if you didn't raise the right stats, you would you would you just be prolonging until you finally get to unlock those spells too? Wasn't that a thing? That's correct. Yes, you yeah. um, like you you won't learn any ninja skills as Hawkeye unless you uh, unless you invest in agility yeah. and um, same which is sort of the same, same here. Yeah, but and it's it's the it's the same in uh, in the new one, but it actually communicates like uh like you can check the yeah. stat investment thing and say oh uh, you see the milestones yeah exactly you, and you don't see those milestones in old SD three so in this I think they they didn't change a single spell or class skill like everyone learns the same class skills and learns the same spells in their classes but they learn new skills uh, for the for the fourth class which wasn't in the original version but. Everything around them changes, and uh, it, it it was so much fun for me to re- uh, re-exploring that for the first time. But uh, we, we're we've completely we lost s- the we sidetracked. Yeah, the, the the main question. Yes, so I had Duran, but my my main was Hawkeye mm-hmm. because okay. again I wanted to see how he played now that his key abilities weren't broken. Um, and I was surprised when I went in. I was like, oh, there's no agility, but luck is fixed now, so that helps. So yeah, I went Duran and I went uh, Knight. Paladin, sorry, Knight, and then Liege, and then his final fourth class. So I went all all goodly. And then, yeah, then I had Hawkeye, who I went down the dark route. So I went, what was that again? Um, you probably know it by heart better than I do, but it's Ninja and then Nightblade? Yes, after Ninja, there's either Ninja Master or Nightblade. Oh, I think I went Ninja Master, actually. Okay. Yes, I did Ninja Master. And then I did Angela, just because I'd not, I hadn't really played much of Angela, and I wanted a spellcaster in there with these two heavy, beefy damage boys so yeah and i went all light good with her as well so sorceress and then grand diviner and then her final one and i do like that i chose her at least too because she was one of the better voice actors as well and she has a lot of sass so yeah yeah you know what i um again i played through the game three times i listened to every character in japanese and english um the japanese voice track is a little better just because i think they probably just they, they probably put a little bit more effort into it but i think that um you you chose well because I thought Angela and Hawkeye were probably the two best voice performances in the main cast. Yeah, um, I can argue that. 
yeah, the yeah. Uh, like some of them were um, at, at at best stilted is what I would call Kevin's uh, Charlotte's voice actress. I think I think the, just the script for Charlotte was bad because she it, did good, but yeah, it's yeah, but she like, had nothing to work with. Yeah, that that um that vocal affect of calling all L's and R's with a W sound to try and sound cutesy was just annoying. And but the voice yeah. actress, I think the voice actress softened that a little bit. And if anything, if anything, deserves some credit. And and like in the Japanese voice actress for Charlotte does a lot of cutesy affixes and you, oh, yeah, refer, and, and refers and, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and refers to herself in the third person and a lot of like annoying cute little girl things that I don't love. And so it, like the localization I found was, it more tolerable though. Yeah, yeah, the localization was fair. It doesn't mean it was a choice I enjoyed. Um, yeah, but but yeah, like like uh, Angela being um, very sassy, very uh, sometimes kind of a bit of a bit of a rude girl uh, was fun. The uh, like when you when you're going into town, and if Angela's not your main character, she's almost always either complaining that about where she can sleep, or she's waiting at the inn, uh, saying that she's going to take a nap. It's uh, it was very amusing, and, especially um, when you find her napping originally. It's totally her mo. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, like you find her sleeping in in Jad if she's not your main character, uh, which is uh, so it was. They were very consistent with her. And again, I thought Reese was a little stilted. I thought Kevin was uh, not great at all. Like it, again, uh, that's an affectation that I wish again they had done away with because it makes no sense when every other beastman seems to be perfectly eloquent, and then Kevin for some reason got hit in the head or something. And just can't speak properly. Yeah, like, like the Beast King and Ludger speak with growls, but otherwise speak uh, per, per, with perfect or, or normal erudition. But Kevin, like, like speaks like a caveman, and the growl yeah, just made it. And, and, and the growl just made him sound constipated. It was it was not good at all. <laughs> Um, like the six main characters got a lot of dialogue because they're, you know, they're in the, they're in the main story. There's a lot of battle dialogue. There's a lot of just walking around town or visiting a town for the first time dialogue. The Kevin dialogue, I thought was actually sort of funny because he's, uh, he's always talking about, ah, the, the, that ship was smelly. I would, I wish we just swam here. Or uh, he, 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 yeah, which I love his intro where he doesn't take the boat; he just swims. Yeah, <laughs> and he, uh, um, and he, and he really enjoys seeing snow for the first time when you go to Alrond and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I like those little additions that they added with, uh, yeah, the, the combat chatter and like even when you're on the boat and they kind of do a recap of like here's where we're going. It it made the characters feel much more real, which I mentioned in my review. Like I love mm-hmm. the, those little bit of embellishments. I think were a good choice. There's more dialogue in this game than in the original, and I think it, yeah. it, it, it it lets you get a better idea for the character personalities, which are great. Which are great because I love all six of these characters, even even Charlotte, who's who's my clear sixth out of six. But uh, they also clarify some story moments a little better. Like um, we're jumping mm-hmm. ahead, jumping ahead a little bit. Like like in the in the original game, if you do the uh, Hawkeye uh, Reese path. Uh, it, it, the demon prince looks a little bit like Elliot in the face area, and it makes and having them capture Elliot made me wonder if Elliot, if if they had tra- if the demon prince had turned into or Elliot had turned into the demon prince or something because there was a bit about yeah. him dying and coming back to life, and they make it clear in this one, oh yeah, we captured the boy, and after I'm done with this body, I'm gonna make him my new vessel. And it's like this, it's more clearly communicated, and makes it a little scarier, raising the stakes for poor Reese a little bit. And, and on, a, yeah. on a similar note, um, it, it's unclear if like, uh, if, if the uh, true queen was under mind control or or not, and, and what her attitude with her daughter was, and just getting more dialogue between Angela and the queen, if you're on the Duran-Angela path, makes just clarifies everything. So that there's more dialogue. Yeah, there's more dialogue, and I think it's and I think it's enhances the game rather than detracts from it. 
Yeah, and it really didn't add much for playtime. Like, I got the game, and I was working hard to get it out of an embargo, and I think we were, like, a touch behind just after going through the writing of it, because this was probably the biggest review I've ever written, um, with just, like, sheer lengthwise. Like, when I first got it out there, I was like, 4,000 words, cool, Hillary, help. And uh, hmm. together, we got it more concise, worked out the stuff that wasn't as necessary. Because it was, like, it was a weird review, because I, on, on one hand, we've never actually reviewed Trials of Mana on its own. We talked about it about Collection of Mana, but it only just got into the Collection of Mana review as a whole. So I had to cover a bit of that and a bit of how the story plays out and whatever, and then address some of the changes and then how things play out now. And it was, yeah, it was just very challenging to ride both games in the right way. But yeah, so it was, it was a monster to write and edit, of course. So it, it took a bit to get out there. But anyways, even with the additional extra little bits of dialogue and just that the cutscenes obviously are have a little bit more to them now since they're fully acted so you are wanting to possibly sit and watch as opposed to just mash through buttons mm-hmm. as you read possibly faster and even then like, i still clocked anything at 24 hours when i beat it yeah so, um, yeah it's quick it, it was similar for me my first run was right at 25 hours and that's including the post game and um the original sd3 i can beat that thing in like i'm very experienced with it so i can beat it in like 12 to 14 but i think yeah. I think a more normal run would be 15 to 20. Yeah, I think I and, averaged, yeah, around like 15, 16. It depends on also yeah. sometimes the luck with seed drops. That can really drag you on. Yeah, if, if you, if you want um, to get 12 out of 12 advanced equipment, you can do that. I got really lucky. I mean, I beat the game three times, and I got all of the advanced equipment I wanted for two out of the three runs. I, 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 oh, well I, done. I, I had very good seed luck two out of three times, which is, which is uh, not, not common. I'm, sometimes, I'm just, sometimes I'm just awful and, and get like one weapon. Well, and that helps too with the new system with that, that they reshaped that system a bit by yes. giving you the bonus as you, as you plant seeds, the, the flower pots now level up to help you with your drop rate and also the, the growth rate, right? But uh, yeah, you level up the flower pot, which improves your seed drops and your seed yields. And there, there's a, uh, one of the cactus abilities increases your seed yield. And there's yeah. a couple, and there's a couple equipable abilities from your skill trees that give, that give you better item drop luck. Uh, so th- there's, uh, again, there's just more systems to interact with, and they're and a lot fun. Less tedium. Yeah, yeah, they, they're fun. They, they don't feel over overbearing. They all made sense when I did a little bit of reading and tinkering, and uh, and it was like, a, and and I'm someone who obsesses about tinkering with classes in this game, and they gave me a lot, a, just a lot more toys to play with when I was doing it this time. Uh, and I should mention when I uh, when I was playing it this time, I wanted to have two characters from the same path on their story path uh, so I would get as much special dialogue as I could like my, my first run oh, cool. was uh, was Reese, Kevin and Hawkeye because and I and I had ran with Reese as the main because okay. I because I was going to do the Reese Hawkeye storyline I wanted Reese and Hawkeye there to get to get as much special dialogue as I could and um and and, th- th- and I did that for all three runs. Like I made I made sure Kevin and Charlotte were together for the mask for the Lich run, and that Duran and Angela were together for the dra- for the Dragon Emperor run. And and going through this, I deliberately I, I decided to deliberately deliberately do weird or bad classes for uh for Reese Hawkeye and Kevin. But um oh, really? yeah, but but on normal difficulty, uh, it was I mean the game was still easy enough that I completely annihilated everything. It wasn't a problem. Yeah, even on hard, that game's super a breeze. I, I struggled, I think, only at that um, that stupid wall thing, the face uh, that spawns out all the... Yeah, the the wall that has, that has spike traps that you fight in the in the Laurent castle. Oh, gosh, that thing is awful, and it was even worse than this. <laughs> I had trouble with um, one of the 
god beasts because I just I had I struggled to figure out how to dodge one specific move. But uh, but on subsequent runs it wasn't a problem at all. Like 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 I think that the difficulty in this game peaks around the middle. But there's a point where if you if you're doing your class changes at the appropriate times or at least around the appropriate time, you sort of get more powerful than your enemies. Mm-hmm. And and the I thought the end game was. Uh, I don't think I was over leveled my first run. I, I definitely was in my second and third because I was yeah, I was game on my plus. first for sure. Yeah, but but on, on my first one, I think I was at a normal level, and on uh, on nor- I switched to hard difficulty partway through. It it never felt that hard, um, the end game stuff. But and and yeah, and, and I used uh, I, I put I put Hawk in what I thought was a weak class, but he was just kicking so much ass. I think that I think he got a little bit buffed. <laughs> <laughs> over over the twenty five years, um, yeah, no kidding. Well, and his spells are actually good this time around. Like as the ninja, I actually really loved them because they debuff everything, they hit everything, and I actually found myself using them. Whereas I really didn't use his spells when I last run through. Although I was the ranger class, so it was more all the traps and stuff. I don't know hey, if they're as as good as his ninja ones. Um, it, I'll get into a little bit of theory crafting for you a little bit. Um, I think that Hawk is an average or slightly better than average character in ninety five, and Angela is a below average character in ninety five. Because Angela is limited by MP to deal really good damage, she needs she needs boosts and debuffs from other from other teammates, and is just terrible uh, with physical offense. Well, Hawk has has pretty good physical offense, but his skills um, are more support oriented and can't really carry a team with yeah. damage themselves. This is in 1995. Keep in mind, but in uh, in in 2020, I think Hawkeye and Angela are the two best characters. Full stop. Um, magic, especially with all those CS abilities, or not the CS abilities, just the equipable abilities. Yeah, it makes all the difference for them for for sure. Yeah, um, magic is very powerful now, and and Angela's weaknesses were that she couldn't boost or buff herself. I mean, she couldn't boost herself or debuff enemies, and MP was a problem. And if you go her light classes, she gets a bunch of MP gaining sp- skills and uh, and and ways of boosting herself at the beginning of at the beginning of a match. And um and ways to lower enemy um magic defense by hitting them with spells and and getting bonuses from hitting element uh, enemies with their elemental weaknesses which is huge and on her dark path she gets uh similar debuff abilities no MP saving abilities but increases her damage even more by like twenty or thirty percent by spending a little a- HP with her MP so nice. Ange- Angela went from needing a lot of help to be powerful to being extremely powerful on her own and giving players choice of MP mitigation versus extra damage versus weakness focusing and she's just awesome and Hawkeye is similar in that I think one, uh, I, I messed around with all four of his final classes but, but I think that and, and I think it's remarkable all four of his classes feel so different and I think three of them are great uh, the, the Wanderer class is kind of is kind of sucky uh, it, like he learns he learns moon and tree support skills that I don't think are that good. But uh, his rogue class learns that pumpkin bomb attack that's like a guaranteed 2,000 damage to everything. Oh, yeah, and, like beefy. And, yeah and, and Ninja Master is uh, more powerful than ever. He can attack weakness, get bonuses from weakness attacks like Angela can. But he, yeah. And he also automatically debuffs everything. And, uh, and can, all of his casts are basically instant, and he's great. Um, and Nightblade gets uh, more status attacks the ninja master does and then inherent abilities that get give him like i think 20 or or 30 percent extra damage for attacking enemies that have status effects so it's like, like his best attacking class has status boosts his best casting class has like one of the best like one of the best attack spells in the game and his debuff class is just a really good balanced magic user they made magic way more powerful and angela and hawk better at support so i think they're probably the two strongest characters now and then and the ai is better at utilizing all that stuff too i find yeah and and, and not to say that physical attacks are nerfed um if anything nope. duran duran's the Durant. most improved character in the whole game 
game because he actually yeah. he actually attacks at a normal speed. And Kevin is still he still he doesn't he's not overwhelmingly the best character anymore. He's basically but he's I think he's basically a monster. Yeah, yeah, no, basically he's basically the same. He's just an elite attacker who's faster and hits harder than everyone. And on his light path, he gets a little bit of healing and 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 he builds meter faster. On his and on his dark path, he gets more critical hits and just has um, over, overall higher damage. Like it's a uh, Kevin feels as who was the most fun character to use just because of damage and turning into a werewolf <laughs> in uh, in, oh, in, in 1995 he's just as fun and everyone else has sort of caught up to him more um i i think that if anyone has been nerfed at all it's maybe charlotte because uh having a healer went from being uh useful bordering on crucial to not really necessary at all because everyone can heal themselves a little bit now uh and, yeah. and, and getting and the items I, are so much more Abundant. Better balanced. Healing yourself with items only in nineteen in the 1995 version was really annoying because you had to go into a start menu um, item management system that was slow and boring. And now, and and in this version, it automatically organizes all your items for you, and you just have to set your item wheel in a menu that's very easy to use. So like, uh, so using an item items only for healing is easier and more valid and uh, and. Than ever, so I like. I don't think you need a healer anymore. And plus, on top of that, when you're not in battle, you have unlimited use of the items that are on your wheel. So you don't have to sit there going like, "Okay, well, I need to watch and save my candies between matches." And now you can just use as many as you want because when you get into battle, then it limits it back to the original nine to keep the balance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I loved that quality of life upgrade. Yeah, it it automatically slots them back into a nine maximum in battle if if you have enough in your inventory. So it basically just auto, it basically does all the inventory stuff for you automatically, except when you're setting your wheel, which is which yeah. is great. Um, and you also get the hot buttons too that you can assign to the R that's buttons. Right, yeah. so if you need it for some reason to be even faster for whatever reason, even though the wheel is very quick, then you have that as well. Yeah, it has your class strike set to on to an L hotkey, and then your uh, your uh, four skills of your choice. Yeah, to to your R one hotkey that using uh, using PS four terminology because that's how I played it. But Ditto. we're talking about this excitedly going back and forth. This was just uh, so much fun. So I, I wanted, um, Greg, I want to do one thing. Uh, I'm going to tell you three things I liked and three things I disliked. We've already gone over a little them a little bit. Uh, let's let's start with the dislikes and we'll end on a positive. Voice acting and animations. The voice acting was occasionally stilted, occasionally okay, and occasionally just amateurish. I remember one of the one of the mana spirits, like it, it was like someone's annoying cousin in a closet got a caught a break or something. Like it was like like some of the voice acting was bad. Yeah. The main characters were mostly okay, but overall, I thought that the English voice work was below average for a, for a good RPG. The the one I the one I thought was bad was Salamando, but the uh, uh, but there's. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, yep, it wasn't great. Um, I thought that uh, Gourmand was actually a really good <laughs> English version. Like he was appro- appropriately creepy clown. Um, yeah. uh, Ludger and Beast King were about as what I imagined they would be, which is as good as I can hope. So, so there was there were some okay performances, but I thought that the voice acting, yep. especially in English, was a little bit of a of a downer. Um, second dislike. Uh, I thought maybe this was the most the thing I disliked the most about this game. Um, the load times got pretty bad. You had to, there was a load screen in between basically every major function going from one space to the other. There would be two load screens if you were going from, uh, from walk, from walking on foot to summoning your dragon or summoning your turtle because there would be a, a load to, for them to appear and then a load to go to the world map screen. And the load times were 
when you were in a space, they were they were barely noticeable. They did a pretty good job of um, keeping everything smooth when you were in a play space. But going between spaces, the load times were not good and sometimes heinous. Yeah, it's one thing I, I've, I've realized after the fact I neglected to mention in my review, and I was just like, right, they, they could get pretty pretty rough sometimes. I wonder also how that handles on the Switch. I'm not sure about the Switch version. Is, and this is also on PC, is it? Is oh, it, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, if you have a really good PC system, maybe uh, maybe it's better. But I have a base PS4, not the uh, n- not the version two. My machine got a little noisy Same. playing this, but not as bad as FF7 Remake or or the 2018 God of War, which I th- still think is the noisiest my my uh, PS4 has ever been. But probably not the most well optimized game, and the load times were pretty bad. Uh, and and the last thing. Um, uh, I, I really liked the class system in this game, including the new, the new class fours, which we'll talk about in a minute. But everything else about the post game, I just did not enjoy. Uh, the the post game quests were okay, not great, but that post game dungeon, jeez. Uh, it was yeah. Like, do we want to go into that right now, or do you want to? No, no, we can we can talk about it now. I mean, I mean, they, they summon uh, after you beat the game. An evil witch wakes from her slumber. She's almost like a, a dark version of the goddess of mana. Her name's Annis, which is the, one of the least intimidating final boss names I remember I, in my memory. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Annis just makes me think of the uh, of the little girl character in ta- in uh, Tales of the Abyss, uh, who who is not intimidating. Well, you'll you'll be shocked to learn. Annis's dungeon was either just big empty void with platforms <laughs> or dark versions of towns and castles in, uh, in, in from the main game. Yeah, it was a lot of reusing of assets. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of retreading. It was okay sometimes, but for it being almost the whole dungeon, and the dungeon being like an hour, like, like, like a normal endgame dungeon in SD3 has maybe has maybe nine or ten treasure chests, like all of the, Ugh. like one of the god beasts, I'm sorry, one of the Benevenon dungeons. I, I called them god beasts because that's what the old translation called them. Yeah, so like a Benevenon dungeon or one of the final dungeons might have in between 8 and 12 treasure chests. This one has 27 uh, and something like 8 save points. It was so long and just and uh, reusing assets completely and didn't even have any new enemies in it. It, it, was, it was just just level 65 to 70 versions of enemies you've already fought. No. Uh, it was not a great final dungeon. The final boss was fine. It was, if anything, a little too easy because I think I was a little bit too strong. Um, I, I was right at level seventy. I think at the same level that at the, at the boss was. But uh, w- w- it was a fun fight. Did you do it on hard or? I did it on hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a good fight. It was. It was interesting. That much I liked. But yeah, getting to it, like I thought. I, I thought I had the gimmick because when I did it first, because I had Durin, uh, Hawkeye, and Angela. I've only done the post game with them so far, and we started off in Velsena, and I was like, okay, cool. So I guess we're going to revisit the core characters' um, homes because I think the next one I actually went to was. Um, the the Desert Fortress, uh, which has a name, Flamecon's Fortress is, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, well, um, the Sertan is the name of the of the of the town, and uh, Navarro Navarro is the name of the, the Navarro country. Fortress. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah okay. so mm-hmm. we went there. So I was like, cool. So I guess we're just going to do that. But then it took me to I think Laurent next, and then from there on, I was like, oh no, you're going to make me go to all their hometowns. Gosh darn you, game. Like three of them, I could have been okay with, but all of them, uh. Yeah, you go um, for the post-game quests. You go to each character's hometown, and in four out of six cases, you uh, you meet a departed loved one from beyond the grave or some nonsense. 
and and uh, you you get a new you get a new a uh, uh, shared skill and a uh, and a, an item that lets you do a second class change. Uh, I should say a level four class change, so a uh, third class change. And um, it's it's fun getting the new costumes and seeing the new uh, power and getting the new abilities and and exploring that. It seems to be mostly level... just a mix of basically whatever one you didn't take. You seem to get the other half of it. Like for example, with Angela, like you got if you took like all if you went light light, it seems like you also got the benefits of her light dark class mixed with this one. Plus then the extra skill. I don't think you got the abilities, but it just seems like you had the stat stuff that was you were missing from that. Yes, like uh, uh, Kevin's dark classes. Enlightened has sort of higher spirit and, and higher uh, agility, while his other one has higher stamina and higher attack. When you, uh, is, uh, Fatal Fist has higher stamina and higher attack. Yeah. When you go to the to Annihilator, his ultimate dark class, it has high everything. So, like, like from from a stat perspective, uh, you it, it's it's basically just an ultimate version. It it uh, it gets the advantages of both previous classes, yeah, totally but it does not. But it do, it does not learn the spells, no. skills, or abilities. Yeah, and 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 I think that's meaningful. Like in Duran's dark classes, I think Edelfrey is way better than Duelist because Edelfrey learns to multi-target sabers and has way higher spirit, and learns abilities that like lower enemy elemental weaknesses, and and, and is just awesome it's like it's a if anything they took one of duran's good classes and made it his best class while the other one yeah because originally duelist was oh. probably one of his best ones because it just had the higher damage output out right and a better uh class skill i think uh yeah better class a better a better class strike and better damage i don't learn dark saber which isn't that useful there's only one boss in the whole game that's that has Man, a light weakness right. or I, I, I guess two but one of them is full metal hugger which doesn't count and uh, but but then when you upgrade to berserker it's like now Duelist's big advantage of having the best class strike and having higher attack is wiped out because yeah, and and so you, uh, because because Berserker will have the best damage and best class strike no matter what and because the sort the uh, Edelfrey skills are way better than the Duelist skills it, it's it's almost I think it's no contest if if unless you want to give Duran a shield he should do Edelfrey every time yeah that which sounds is, uh, like the way to go but I mean, but I mean. That that's not necessarily bad. Like it's fun having a big, powerful endgame class. Yeah. But I but I I think it just just the way that the class four works. If there's one class with clear advantages, it it, it can it can cheapen the other one. Which is, which is I mean, who cares about competitive balance in a single player game that let that uh, that you run through yeah. multiple times <laughs> and mess around with parties? Like I don't. The, 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 this is the most granular, useless uh, issue to have. Yeah. With this game, and and but but I still think that the end game dungeon and end game boss is not greatly designed. No. So th- those are my three. Those are my three things I disliked the most about this game: the uh, the voice acting. Final du- uh, post game dungeon and load time. Mm-hmm. So, want to go to the three things I like the most? Uh, we can. Although I was going to say voice acting too. One that you just reminded me of. Oh, uh, oh, please. Nico, Nicolo, uh, was not great. I wanted more, more cat puns and a better execution <laughs> of them. But he just, it just, I don't know. Just whoever the actor was, just didn't quite land with them well. There wasn't enough, like I don't know, purring or just that catness. It was just mostly a guy who's like, I'm just going to talk with my normal kind of character voice and then just say mew instead of new cool hmm. and like there was no like yeah it just it could have been better done and I, it, he's such a fun character that it just seemed like a missed opportunity yeah maybe the uh localizers were all dog people because i think the beast kingdom got a little bit better shine than nicolo did <laughs> and and then josephine and the other cat whose name escapes me uh 
So anyway, let's go into my three favorite things about this game. We talked about one of them a little bit. I love the class and customization system. Like the the class changing feels fun and powerful when you uh, when you do a class change. You they like they uh, it's big and shiny and you and the character grins a little bit before they pose in their new in their new duds. It's uh it, it's really good. Does it awaken um, the Sentai fan the, in you? Big pardon? Does it awaken the Sentai fan in you? Oh yeah, no, it's, it's a great transformation transformation sequence, and I love Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, so I know all about Henshin. That like just transform. But there's something fun about transforming that is communicated very well in this game. Like it, even as a fan of like Sailor Moon, yeah. people know that transforming is fun. Yeah, I definitely had yeah notes of that in there for sure. And uh, going through all of these, like I mentioned, how I think that Hawkeye, I think Hawkeye, Angela, and Duran all got buffed considerably. Kevin is sort of still the same, but still good. Uh, Reese's strengths and weaknesses are the same. Uh, she's like she has better offense and buffing at, at, on her light side, and better spell casting and debuffing on her dark side. But I think that nice. I, I think she's a little boring. It, like the, the best version of Reese is doing Star Lancer or or Fenrir Knight, and just let her cast her. Uh, her support spells, which is kind of, which is, you know, not as fun as huge explosive spells from Angela or big martial arts moves from Kevin. And right? especially like when the game's already but, easy enough as it is, it's just like, it seems like a yeah. point. I mean, it's, it's fun. Like, I definitely used a bunch of the items now and again um, when I was doing the playthrough to, like, boost strength and boost magic. But you, you just have to keep mm-hmm. on top of that. So I can see it being very useful having a spellcaster in the AI to be able to do that for you instead. But, I mean, you're already wrecking things pretty straightforward and easily. So it's like, eh. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I, I think Charlotte and Reese are a little bit less fun in battle because they're most useful just giving them AI support skills. But uh, but Duran's improved a lot because his, his attacking is better uh, with his strength still being high and his spells being more limited than other support characters, but but still... He's a very viable healer. He was really good, I found. Especially, I gave him a lot of the healing buffs, so he was great. Yeah, I, I used Duran for one run and, and made him the Edelfrey class that was was my favorite class uh, uh, fifteen years ago, and just felt great. Like, oh wow, this is this is this is the best version of Duran I've ever played. So, uh, they, like, I, I think that uh, Duran, Angela, and Hawkeye got buffed. Uh, Lee's and uh, Reese and Charlotte are a little less fun, but still good. And Kevin is sort of the same, but still great. And anyway, in your classes and customization, I had so much fun. That was one of my three likes. If I can ask you about that, because uh, a question, because um, you you actually did take advantage of with your playthroughs changing your classes, um, like going back and undoing and then changing to a different path. Did you do that for all your playthroughs? I did it for every character. Uh, um, you accrue items called goddess scales that let you reset to the, uh, to the beginning, and I would use the goddess scales uh, re- reclass everyone, like take a different class path mess around a little bit, and then reload my save so I didn't lose the goddess scales. Because I think you only get, like, five or six in one playthrough. And I, and I, I checked out every class. Uh, some of, like, I have some strong thoughts, like, uh, I, like, um, Charlotte's, one of her, her best class used to be, uh, Bishop, because it was, like, it was, like, just the best healer, but now healing, healing's not as important, so I think Sage is better than Bishop now. Uh, Hawkeye plays differently in all four of his final classes, or f- all four of his level three classes. And I think that Wanderer is the worst one, but the other three are great. Uh, Angela, I think that 
it, it's a. I think that all of Angela's classes are good, but Archmage is kind of weak because Grand Divina is like a better version of Archmage, and the and the uh, her dark classes have be- have different strengths and weaknesses than Archmage. Like like I, there's. I think that Duran's best classes are uh, probably Liege and Edelfrey, and do, and I don't. I would never take Duelist over Edelfrey unless I want, unless for variety's sake. Like I, I have new Liege's opinions. Yeah, yeah, I have new opinions about these, and I, I experimented with basically everyone because, again, SD, uh, I'm going to call it SD3 probably the, my whole life. But I, <laughs> I, like, I was experimenting with Trials of Mana classes again uh, because that's something that I get a lot out of playing this game, and I was excited to experience, nice. experience new versions of these classes that I already know very well. So when you unlock the new classes, then uh, one thing that happens in the game that they added in is that you can change your look back to what you've unlocked. So if you yes. go through and unlock every single one, do you just have free reign of all the costumes then? No. You only have the ones in that chain. Oh, so when you reset, you lose the other ones. Yes. Well, oh. you, um, if you're in class four, your four costume options are uh, the four classes that you that you have in that chain, which will be, always be your starting one and your final one and your the, the, you know the, the two in between. Which gets into one of my other likes. My my first like my first favorite thing about this game was uh, classes and customization. The second thing was you can customize your character looks now in two ways. Uh, you get you can choose any costume that you've unlocked in your class path, and character weapons are visible on screen. Yeah, I so always good. love that. Like again, this is something that's not new. Like this has happened in Final Fantasy games since uh, reasonably since FF7, where you can see it on there in, in battle all the time. But I'm I, I always get a kick out of a character's weapon appearance and armor appearance changing when I equip them with, uh, with different things. And that was something that was not in 1995 Trials of Mana and is here in Spades now. And and the the end game weapons look up are sort of a little cool and have unique models. And and if you think that you know Angela looks a little bit too slutty as a Magus, which I kind of did, like she like she she almost full moons you if you dash yep. in the Magus class. You can you can go back to one of her previous costumes, and and ju- just that uh, those options are really cool, and uh, and they I think they did put effort into the costumes. Every character has yeah the character design oh, work is fantastic. One two three, I guess it would be one two. I guess every character has nine costume options with a base class, then two level two, then four level three, then two level four. So. Uh, like, like everyone looks so good, and um, and being able to play with costumes and weapon appearances is just great. I had so much uh, I, I, like playing dress up is a little bit fun in this game. Yeah, and you get the shield too, which was kind of fun too. I like that as well. Yeah, the shields look good on Duran. Mm-hmm. Even Gwen remarked right away. I think when um, she because she periodically came through as I was playing, but she didn't really sit down and watch it yet, and she hasn't gotten to playing herself. But she was saying like, "Oh wow, that looks so much better than them just changing their hair color and stuff." Oh yeah, the hair color doesn't change anymore. Everyone keeps their old hair color, but the costumes are way more elaborate. <laughs> yeah, it's super. It's super cool. I, I agree. Like it's it's fun that you get that little extra bit of change. I mean, I I didn't always go back, but it's kind of fun that you get to play around uh, with certain ones. And yeah, the design work. Again, I remarked even in the the NPCs, there was a lot of work put into the oh, variety. Yeah. It wasn't just like the same like four NPCs in every single city with like, like a palette swap. Like some of them had different like accessories and stuff. Except for the dancing merchants, who are perfect yes. always. Yep. <laughs> I, I I welcome them keeping the dancing merchants. The character models were pretty good, and I, I think they really put effort into the looks of the six main characters. And and like and like the silhouettes were pretty different. Like looking at Reese's final four classes, uh, Vanity's is sort of golden Valkyrie. She has full tights. She uh, with uh, with more covering on her armor. Uh, Star Lancer is kind of magical girly. Her her uh, 
her armor sort of floofs out like a skirt, and it's uh, and it has like star details, and it, again, it looks kind of like a magical girl character. Uh, um, um, but yeah, the, the dragon master class almost looks the most like her base class, but with sort of more dragon uh, flourishes and 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 cooler looking armor. And so Fenrir Knight. Fenrir Knight is, uh, you know, is, is her skimpiest cost, level three costume, but also has like a, she has like a wolf pelt wrapped around her shoulder in an, looking asymmetrical. And this is char- consistent with the character art from like art from like the the menus in 1995. Yeah, they but, brought that but, stuff but, to life. Yeah, but they brought it to life. The silhouettes are different. It's a, it, they look really different instead of being just a palette swap, and that's very powerful. Uh, but um, I mentioned the the, uh, the two of my favorite things about this game. The third favorite thing is just. It's a very faithful recreation of of Psycho yes. Tetsu Three. They changed the things that needed to be changed and kept the things that didn't need to change. Like all of the town layouts are almost exactly the same. It's, yeah, just uh, like Angular it, or something, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, part of the reason this game is longer, like like it's twenty five hours instead of fifteen hours, is because there's so much hidden stuff around the towns now. There's uh, Which there is are super are, fun. Yeah, there are there are golden little golden spots to pick up and treasure chests. Where there weren't in the original game, but otherwise and the, the jars uh, to shatter as well. Yeah, exactly. But otherwise, um, the the uh, the environments are very faithfully re- recreated. But some dungeons that just sucked in the old game, that were just labyrinthine, and all the all the halls look the same, are are much more fully realized dungeons that look and feel like part of the whole, but still fit with the with the whole look and feel of the game. Like like th- this game went from having kind of bad dungeons to a few really good ones. The layouts, environments, and good parts of the world of this game were, f- were recreated incredibly painstakingly accurately, and the parts that sort of needed to be fixed got fixed, and that is that was so much fun to me. And like, like I think the original SD3 has a great world map, and yep. the world map is exactly the same except now you except now it's in 3D, like and uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, landing parts are clear, landing points are clearly marked, and you can dash as as Buskaboo. And you can and you can control the view while you're on the boat. You can look around, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's not super boring while you're just watching the boat go. Or or you can, and you can skip the animation of the boat if you want. Yes, you can. Um, yeah, you can skip all the animated cutscenes if you want. This is a like, this game feels like a PS2 game because it has three four hit combos and uh, and three D rendered worlds that are a little bit awkward to navigate sometimes, and like a fight uh, box, so to speak. Yeah, exactly, and and yeah, like when you in, are dropped into an encounter, a, a a circle of battle appears around you, um, and and the, like the jumps are a little floaty. Like like this is not a, a little a, platforming is definitely what makes those levels much more fun. Yeah, you can say what you will about how yeah exactly floaty and imprecise it can be. But the platforming was okay, and they they don't overdo it with the platforming. But but this is not like a tightly wound. Uh, triple a action rpg no. like like ff7 remake or near automata or and and doesn't even have the budget of a uh, of a less action heavy rpg like dragon quest 11 just staying in the square enix uh, world for now but and, and also this game was technically a budget title i think it, it cost 50 instead of a full 60 so it, it, and people say this feels like a ps2 game in both a nostalgic way and a slightly derogatory way and i kind of agree because this is a this feels like a double A budget, <laughs> yeah. Uh, R- R- RPG that's fun and cool. You can see where they played it safe. Yeah, yeah. They, they played some things safe, and this is not as expensive a game as a certain other remake that came out the same month. But it's still really good and hit me hit my nostalgia center in my brain in just the right way. Yeah. And and uh, and again, like 
it it preserved most of the strengths of of original SD3. Uh, fixed a few of the bigger problems with the game, rebalanced it, added load times that I don't love, added a post-game that I didn't always love, but now uh, it's it's more available than ever, better looking than ever. You, I can new game plus, which is great. And, um, and it's just as fun for, like, different reasons. Yeah, and, and, and really, I think if you add... Flamian and Vuskaboo as uh, as sort of the seventh and eighth main characters. I love the main characters of this game. It's such a good cast. It, but the thing is, now when I feel like replaying this game with a different team or a weird team, I won't have to go back to the 1995 version. Now I have now I have options, and it's it's very welcome. I uh, I, I would probably rate it higher than your 88, Greg. But I I uh, I am not an unbiased observer with this thing because it, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, which is, of course it's fine. Um, but Trials of Mana is one of my favorite games of all time, and this is a remake that is mostly great, and that is that's more than enough. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so happy with it. And again, I mean, I beat it. Jeez, I beat it. I beat it three times in two weeks. So, <laughs> I, I of course I like this thing. Yeah, I think yeah, it's like I said, it's just so fun, and like it hasn't detracted anything from the original in any way, shape, or form. Like obviously, it tightened up some stuff that needed it. But I would still happily go back and play the old one any day as well. It's just what flavor do I want of my Trials of Mana. And yeah, I like the additions in the dungeons to make them more interesting. Also, like the hazards, I thought was a kind of a fun addition too. I wish they I wish they had been implemented like a little less obviously, but it still made things fun trying to get through the desert and you're know, like shifting sands, knocking you down into pits and stuff. Like, oh, that was really cool. And it made the world feel more lived in just when you go into each dungeon. Like the, the, the monsters seem like... They're less being there just because they're monsters. They're there because this is how they live. This is their environment. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty persistent environment, and there's hidden stuff everywhere. Like I, I mentioned this and earlier, more puzzle but, stuff too now. Yeah, but the reason that um, a playthrough of this game takes longer is because I want to explore every environment instead of sometimes getting lost in the environment. There isn't that. There aren't that many treasure chests in original SD3, and there are so many in this game. Plus fifty cacti to find. Yeah. The little cactus cameo is super fun little side quest as well, and very rewarding. Like the rewards you get can really yes. um, shake up the gameplay. Like I'm doing my second gameplay; it's it's new game plus, so you get a lot of carryover from all your previous stuff. And one of the things that carries over is all your stuff you unlock with little cactus. So I get like the experience boost. I also put on like there's like a chain ability that gives you an additional boost from that as well so just my characters are leveling up like nuts i've done jewel eater and i'm already level 22 so i'm just like give me that crystal uh you also have improved maps and some improved ui things from unlocking yep. cla- uh, from unlocking cactus items which is uh which is really good uh and so discounts. yeah like and, and the new game plus is a little busted like when i i uh i oh, for sure <laughs> I, I carried over one character from my uh first to second run so oh I, so you could equip the same gear no you can't um oh you don't get to use your gear from the previous one you ca- well you um if you're the same character you uh not exactly oh right because they have to be that class if you got the class yes, specific stuff yeah so uh. so when i when i brought so when i brought over Reese from my first playthrough to my second in my first playthrough she had a bunch of uh a bunch of vanity stuff equipped but not getting knocked back down to amazon she couldn't use any of her vanity stuff i i, I she could use like a couple accessories that i had saved over because any class can use those accessories yes and those are but fun. i basically but i basically had to build her uh arsenal up from the beginning again yep but then Although that's I, one but, thing worth mentioning is the accessories are actually mm-hmm. useful now. They're not yeah. just simply like a small little stat buff. Like some of them actually like 
there's always one in each of like the Benevidon dungeons that help against that specific Benevidon, for example. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then you get uh, some endgame ones that prevent status effects, uh, of ones throughout the game that prevent only a yeah. few status effects. Yeah. It, it, yeah, the, the accessory so slot is, is, uh, is more filled out now. And, and because you're getting more item scenes than ever, you're getting more equipment randomly than ever, which is, so it's... You're... Uh, your your upgrades aren't only attached to uh, to gear seeds and and weapon shops now. Now it's a it's much more freewheeling. But I mean, uh, Greg, you and I both really liked this game. It's a, your yep. review is on the, your review is on the website, and I encourage listeners to check that out. And I also encourage listeners that like if I, I hope we didn't spoil everything in the universe for you, but this is a this is a really <laughs> fun game that is yep. maybe is maybe worth picking up if you have the time and the and the money to spare, because I I had an absolute blast playing this in June. Yeah, as did I. It was just, it was such a joy to revisit in this capacity, and it did not disappoint. Like I said, just giddiness all the way through. All right, so uh, let's carry over this giddiness to next week. Um, Because uh, for the rest of July, we have two episodes on Tactics Ogre, Let Us Clean Together. I am still, I'm still unfortunately early in this game. I'm in chapter one. I got to play a lot more this week before we, before we record the first episode. I want that game uh, ported so bad so I can play it, because I mean, uh, (laughs) Um, yeah, this game feels like a really good idea for a PC port. Like, like if Please. they, like, it, like, like War of the Lions and Let Us Cling Together are, are yes. at the very, maybe at the very top of the list of old, of older Square Enix games I would like to see get future ports. So, but, but alas, we don't live in that world quite yet. So I will be playing that on my Vita, um, uh, when I, uh, talk about it later this month. I, again, I, I, I've, I, <laughs> I was a little bit consumed with Yakuza 0 and, uh, Trials of Mana, uh, the past, I don't know six weeks, so it, it's it, it, it was. A bit, I had to force myself to start Tactics Ogre, not, not because it's bad, but because I was just obsessed with two other things. And anyway, we are doing two episodes on Tactics Ogre. Let us clean together later this month. But next month we have a few uh, multiple exciting things. Um, there's going to be two episodes on Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. I have not started that yet because I got to knock out Tactics Ogre first. But um, that but Bruce got a base goal. Um, but the. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the, like uh, that's a game I really enjoyed on GBA 15 years ago. I think it came out in maybe 03, and I played it, it probably. So yeah, I played it probably a year or two late. And it, it's a it's a really really great GBA RPG, and got a 3DS remake a couple years ago, which I which I um which I bought on sale a little while ago uh, before we even planned this. So I uh, it, now I have the perfect opportunity to play that 3DS remake. But anyway, I'm those two are the differences. Uh, Oh um uh, yeah I, the problem is I don't know if I remember the GPA version well enough but it'll be uh but I am looking forward to playing that uh in about a month's time and we're going to have um those episodes coming in August but also in August we are um, episode 250 is going to land uh po- late August or maybe early September I'm not 100% sure yet and and uh episode 250 is going to be a mailbag episode so listeners please send emails to retro@rpgfan.com ask us any questions you like uh, please uh, be podcast appropriate, and also give us suggestions for games to play in the podcast because we will be taking a suggestion from episode 250 for a game later this year, probably in the November, December, January range. Will be a game from episode 250. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so please, um, um, of course it is. We we we, we um we mostly uh, choose games internally for this podcast, but I try to do like one or two public polls a year, and every fiftieth episode have listener input be the uh, um be um one of the future games. But we're going to do that very very directly in episode two fifty. I don't know exactly when that episode two fifty game will appear on our schedule, but again, I, I think December is is what I what I would bet on right now. But anyway, I just, uh, hope Leona makes a bunch of spam email accounts and just like sends you fifty emails about Jade Cocoon too. 
from different names. <laughs> I found Jade Cocoon Two on sale at my local at my local game store. Which oh, uh, nice. like I, I went there because they had a big sale going on right when they opened um, during the pandemic. Masks only, no more than ten people in the store. Um, and I saw a copy of Jane C- Jade Cocoon Two, and I bought it one hundred percent because of Leona's influence. Yeah, if I, I want to find a copy because it sounds cool. I, we covered a little bit of it for our video project back when. It looks really neat in its weird way. It looks neat, and it looks like it looks better than Jade Cocoon One. And uh, you know, I'm, I I may yet play that game, maybe even this year. I don't know. I am I am knocking out back, backlog pretty well uh, so far in 2020. But uh, yeah, if you want us to play Jade Cocoon on the podcast, the best way to do so is to email retro at, at rpgfan.com, and you can do that too, Leona. Uh, emailing and listening is not the only way to interact with RPG fan. We also have message boards, a Facebook page, an Instagram page, a Twitter page, a Discord server, and a Twitch channel with something new streaming on Twitch every day. And also three other fine podcasts, uh, Random Encounter, of which, Greg, you're the host. Woot! Me and Jono, we got you. Also Rhythm Encounter, which has been on hiatus for a while, but may be leaving that hiatus soon. But we'll still pour one out anyway. Mm-hmm, Sure. Well, I don't know, man. Man, beer's expensive. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, uh, and and also Phoenix Edge, which is a weekly podcast mostly focused on current events. They record every episode on YouTube live. I think mostly Mondays, and then usually post it Wednesday or Thursday. So, and you can review and rate and comment on Retro Encounter, Random Encounter, Rhythm Encounter, and Phoenix Edge uh, on whatever podcast listening venue you use. So please uh, listen and review to all four of us. Uh, we love feedback. We will take all the feedback we can stand. But, uh, Greg, if a listener wants to provide you feedback directly, how can they reach you? I can be found pretty much anywhere as GDelmage uh, on Twitter, and I'm GDelmage on our Discord. And also I do uh, most of the work over at our YouTube channel with Keeping Up on Commentary there, which we have a video review of The Trials of Man if you want to see while you listen to my review. Uh, but, yeah, you can reach me in any of those places. Oh, perfect, yeah. Um, uh, please check out the written version and video version of the Trials of Mana review from RPG Fan. And if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs other times. I post a lot about what video games I'm playing and bad jokes, uh, Japanese superheroes. It's, it's not the best place, but it's the best, pl- it's the best place to find me. You can also find me on RPG Fan's Discord as Monsoon Mike. This is self-indulgent because this is one of my favorite games, and of course I wanted to do a third podcast episode on it, but I think I can retire that PS4 copy for at least a little while longer. Uh, I got the Platinum Trophy, and I have other podcast games to play. Thank you, good night, and good luck.